What does the Church of Christ believe? Good morning and welcome to another Bible study. We are greatly appreciative of the decision you have made to spend a little bit of time with us in studying God's Word. Who are we? What are we? What is our platform? What is our stance on certain issues? What does worship look like? No doubt some of what we will cover today will meet disagreement among, I would say, many that are in the audience. But I hope to pass along a better understanding and, and even a better appreciation for what we are doing and why we are doing what we do. The purpose of this broadcast each week is to inform, to challenge, to provoke thought, to clear up any misunderstanding, and honestly to plant the seed that is the Word of God with faith that it will not return void. As we cover some of the basics of the Church of Christ, please feel free to compare what we're covering with what you believe. And if there are any questions that we can answer, we would be overjoyed to continue those conversations. The Church of Christ is not a denomination. The word denomination simply means a variation, a various forms. If we look at money, there are various denominations of money. There are ones, there are fives, there are tens, and there are twenties. You can consider each of these to be a different form of our currency, but you see that they are all related overall. They are different, but they all work together to accomplish the same thing. When the church started splitting over differences, this was the term that was used. Many denominations today are part of a larger organization that sets the rules, the guidelines, the belief, and even oversees the finances. The Church of Christ is not part of a larger organization as such, but we are autonomous, meaning decisions are made locally. We do not answer to a board of directors. We do not have a convention or related. Why? Well, we don't have an example of such. We read of churches like Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, and Ephesus. We do not read of one church managing another church. That's enough reason for us. But it also just works better. Who preaches, who teaches is a local decision. How the finances are spent is a local decision. A minister is not hired in another state by a board and simply shows up with notes in his hands that I'm your new preacher. Speaking of which, we do not elevate the minister or the evangelist. The term pastor is often given to the head preacher, if you will. This is indeed a biblical term, but it actually refers to leadership, or the word we're more accustomed to is elders. We do not use the title of reverend, father, disciple, apostle, or anything else as far as a title is concerned. Why not? Well, to answer the question with a question, why? We are all ministers, aren't we? We're all evangelists in the end. And in the Bible, we are told to be very careful in Matthew chapter 23 of calling anyone rabbi or father for this particular reason. So therefore, we don't elevate the minister or the evangelist in such a fashion. Let's talk about the name just a moment, Church of Christ. 
If we consider the phrase inserting different terms, we can understand this. The ball of bills, the car of John, and we comprehend what that means. Matthew 16 tells us that Christ built his church. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In verse 18, I also say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then in Acts 20 and 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The term churches of Christ actually does occur in Romans 16 and 16. Most say that we're all a part of that church. Back to that concept of denomination and broken up, all making a part of that overall whole. We see this as somewhat a challenge in that when we look back at this illustration of money, we see that our finance system is in complete agreement. 100 cents is $1. 10 $1 equals $10. We see that there is an agreement. The concept of all churches making up this one overarching church is not in agreement as the true concept of don denomination in money actually is in agreement. And we read about this concept of division in 1 Corinthians 12 and 25, that there be no division in the body. I beseech you, brethren, in verse number 10 of 1 Corinthians 1, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to what it says, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There's no way we can read this and comprehend that we all are making up the whole because there, were, there, are, there is not the agreement. There are divisions. We're not of the same judgment. We're not of the same mind making the same decision. We are very much divided. We do not subscribe in that sense that we're all headed to the same place, just taking different paths to get there. We do not agree with the divisions, denominations, that exist. We do believe that the Bible is our guide to truth. We can be of the same mind. We can be of the same judgment, just as they were in the first century. The Bible is our text. The Bible is our creed. The Bible is our manual. Now, while that sounds very simple, there are denominations that have additional texts to detail their beliefs. We don't. We speak where the Bible speaks. We're silent where the Bible is silent. Romans 1 and 16 starts off, or I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul said, for it is the power of God unto salvation and to everyone that believeth the Jew first, also to Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, you may jump out there and go, see, it's already talking about the denominations there, from one faith to the next faith. 
But I would suggest to you that this was actually referring to the various local churches, Ephesus, Corinth, Thessalonica, is what this was referencing, not the divisions that we look and we see today. Tradition does not become law. Christ said in Mark chapter 7, making the, listen to what it says, making the word of God, that which Paul said was the power of God into salvation, making the word of God of none effect. How? Through your tradition. Well, we know what tradition is. We start something and we continue doing that for whatever reason, and after a period of time, that becomes rule. That becomes law because we've always done it. Christ said, making the word of God of none effect because of these things that you started doing and you keep doing because of your tradition. He goes on to say, which you have delivered and many such like things you do. In Matthew 15 and 9, but in vain, that's a word we don't use that much, but it basically seems of means of no value. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. When it comes to our worship, our worship would be called very simplistic when compared to some. We sing without instruments of music. Why? Well, our voice is the instrument God gave us to worship with. A string, a drum, or anything with a reed like a horn cannot worship. Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3 and 16 speaks of using the instrument that God gave us. The world has forgotten how things actually started. For years, there was no music in worship other than the voice. History bears record of this. Christianity Today has a, uh, an article that reads, Unaccompanied vocal music continued to be the norm in Christian worship for centuries. Then, in about the 10th or 12th century, Western Christians began to use the organ in liturgy. The organ had been used in processions and possibly as a call to worship centuries earlier, but it seems to have made its way only slowly into the actual liturgy. liturgy. By the 15th century, organ music was widely accepted in the Roman Catholic West, though it never caught on in Orthodox East. The Coptic and Ethiopian churches, by contrast, have their own musical traditions, there's that word, which make use of ancient percussion instruments. Now, here's something else that is very interesting along this line, the term a cappella. You know that word as singing only, without instruments of music. Did you know that the meaning of the word a cappella is chapel? The actual phrase means as in the chapel, seeing as they do in the chapel. Church worship has gone from singing only to using instruments to accompany to using instruments completely taking over, and now we have praise teams and the congregation no longer sings. They simply listen. We sing just 
sing using the instruments that God gave us. We don't burn, we don't burn candles or incense. We don't have special theatrical lighting. Our leaders and ministers do not wear special garments like robes or backwards collars. It's pretty simple. We come to honor God and believe the best way to honor him is to adhere to the things that he has asked of us as his children. That sounds simple, and honestly, it really is very simple. We believe that God will hold us accountable for our actions. We give of our means as we determine. We don't follow the rule of the old law and tithe. And actually, study will show that worshipers under the old law gave upwards to 40% of what they owned, from the first of their crops to the fruit to the livestock. Christ said in Matthew 5, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come not to destroy but fulfill and the blotting of the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, Colossians 2 tells us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. We believe that that old law gave way to a new law. The old law spoke of a rigid rule of giving, but the new law actually tells that we are to give, 1 Corinthians 16 and 2, as God hath prospered, and every man gives, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, according as he has purposed in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful, cheerful giver. So those are a few things that separate the Church of Christ and how we teach, believe, and practice from many of the denominations that are out there. We go back into the old law, the old law written for our learning. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him, Joshua 24, 14. Serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord." We try very hard to make good decisions based on what God has revealed and God has asked us to do when it comes to worshiping and obeying him. That is the Church of Christ. Thank you for your time. We greatly appreciate this opportunity to share and would love to visit more if you desire. Until then, we'll see you next week.